Hey friend, it's David Nabinski here in Brooklyn. Here at the Portfolio Career Podcast, we help you take ownership of your portfolio career and design the life that you want to live. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There, you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which has the best insights from the podcast and friend source job opportunities. Today's episode's a little bit different. Um, I've been thinking a lot about friendship. Um, I've been thinking a lot about friendship during the pandemic and then uh, in this current phase. And earlier this year, a couple months ago, I listened to a podcast episode that really sparked some ideas for me. And a podcast episode on the Everything is Fine podcast uh, titled The Science of Making and Keeping Friends with a guest, Dr. Marissa Franco. And Dr. Marissa Franco has since published a book called Platonic, How the Science of Attachment Can Help You Make and Keep Friends. And this episode, I'm going to link to it in the notes. I definitely think you should check it out. Um, And so when this book came out, I wanted to read it and to learn more about uh, Dr. Marissa's work. And in this episode here, what I wanted to do was highlight some of the key topics and quotes in the book and to hopefully help you um, think about friendship, um, the importance of it, and hopefully to um, develop more friends and and deeper relationships with the friends you currently have. So um, so that's what we're going to do. And I'm going to share some kind of stories along the way as well. And I hope this is uh, helpful to you. So one quote that kind of really stood out to me was to make friends we need deeper work to fundamentally reconcile who we are and how we love and that connection affects who we are and who we are affects how we connect and i think it's so fascinating about this idea around how much our friends kind of influence us and how much connection influences us and what's interesting about friendship is that you can kind of self-select into it. You get to choose your friends, um, choose the people that you want to be friends with, choose to kind of you know make effort and take initiative to become uh, friends with the people that you meet. Um, so I think that that's really cool and how much friendship can really affect us and that there's an opportunity for us to kind of kind of take agency of friendship. Um, and so I'll talk, you know, throughout this episode, some, some examples of that, but I think just kind of high level, I thought it was really interesting just to think about how much friendship affects us. And, um, a couple of things that are like important for kind of friendship is related to like attachment. And as I mentioned, the, the sub header to the book is how the science of attachment can help you make and keep friends. And the book points out that our attachment styles, are based on our early relationships with our caregivers, think our parents. And so so that's where it kind of gets started, but you can continue to like improve your uh, notice and improve your attachment style. And so the book points out that there's called a, an attachment theory um, that helped people identify who are experts at making and keeping friends. And according to research, these kind of super friends we're not only better at initiating new friendships, but their friendships are closer and more enduring. Uh, and these kind of super friends were, weren't just flourishing in their relationships, but they were flourishing in all aspects of their life. And so I know you're asking, okay, so how could I be a super friend? And what this 
the book points out based upon this research was that the distinguishing trait in becoming a super friend is around security. Um, like how secure are you in your friends? And, and, and so then there's three different types of security. There's secure attachment, there's anxious attachment and avoidant attachment. Um, this is all connected to attachment theory. And so, you know, there's, there's a, a kind of a checklist in the book uh, to kind of figure out which of these three you are more aligned to. But again, it, some of this is based upon kind of your early relationships, um, but you can continue to like improve this and evolve this and increase your kind of security and trust and confidence in your relationships. And so uh, the book points out that there's also many ways that she is, the author is secured in friendship. And one is that when she meets someone she likes, she's not shy about asking them to hang out and even following up to check in if you haven't heard back. So again, this kind of really goes back to the point of being secure and confident in your relationships. Um, and that friendship requires initiative. And it means that we must, uh, this quote was that means that we must confront our gravest fears related to reaching out and, you know, making things happen. Uh, with another quote, in fact, believing that friendships happen organically, that the cosmic energies that will bestow a friend a friend upon you actually hinders people from making friends because it stops them from being intentional about doing so. So maybe what you want to do or to think about this is that you want to, uh, the book points out an example of like, um, you know, if you're trying to be more intentional, maybe there's like a systematic approach that um, you want to follow to continue to stay in touch with people, to continue to follow up, um, etc. cetera. Um, What's also really interesting about this is that when you're secure in your relationships and you're secure, it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You don't get anxious. You don't, you know, if something, if someone, you don't hear from someone in a little while, you're confident that eventually you'll catch up with them and it's, it will be like you haven't skipped really a beat. Um, but if you start to show that you're uncertain about the, the relationship, um, it can actually like... Uh, you know, you may be, you may communicate to people this tension, this fear, this uncertainty, this angst, um, which then can hurt the relationship. And so what's one way to, you know, kind of develop more of this confidence and, and to be more secure. And it's around, um, there was a research, uh, there's study that was pointed out in the book that, and I quote, Overall, this research reveals one of the important secrets to taking initiative in a friendship, and that is assume that people like you. Um, like, want to take, want to invite a friend on a coffee date? Assume that they're interested. And so, like, what are, what are the benefits of friendship here? And I also just want to point that out again. Um, and that, in addition to as I mentioned, it is kind of affects who we become. Um, but there's a really interesting quote in the book that says. We choose our friends, which allow us to surround ourselves with people who root for us, get us, and delight in our joy. Through friendship, we can self-select into some of the most affirming, safe, and sacred relationships of our lives, not because of pressures from society to do so, but because we elect to do so. And that there is a self-expansion theory, and the theory emphasized that our identity needs to be constantly expanding for us to be fulfilled, and relationships are our primary means for expansion. And this is something that I've actually particularly noticed in the last year or so here in New York when I'm meeting new people. 
making new friends, it's honestly, it's one of the like biggest highlights. And one thing that I just like love doing. And I didn't really realize as much about how um, this kind of expansion of my conversations, my relationships, how much it really kind of fuels me and makes me feel good. And it makes me feel more comfortable. It makes me feel more confident. It makes me feel like I'm kind of growing and developing. And I didn't realize it as much about how how much making new friends is a part of this. Okay, And then another theory in the book is around the term propinquity, which is the state of being close to someone or to something through kind of proximity. And uh, this is really interesting uh, as it relates to making friends. So um, why it works is that, uh, and the book points out that, because if we know that we might see someone again, we're more likely to like them. And also in the importance of keep showing up, that we like people when we are more exposed to them and they become more familiar to us. And in the psycholo- in the psychology world, this is called the, the mere exposure effect. So the more often you see people, the more often you may, you may like them more just because of the fact that you see them again, you learn more about them, um, you're less maybe timid or shy or uncomfortable around them. Um, so, so what does that mean? So that means that, you know, try to surround yourself and be a, a part of, you know, a certain group of people, uh, maybe join a community or, uh, different hobby groups or many communities, but by continuing to show up in the same group and seeing the same kind of people over time, you'll naturally become more comfortable um, with them and develop relationships over time. On this part of the exposure effect, um, one of the things that I've been recently doing is um, if if I know that someone is like consistent around hosting events, I've seen the kind of benefits to continuing to um, attend a person's events. I've noticed that I feel more comfortable each time I go, but also maybe not the not maybe not every time the same people are there, but maybe there's some of the same people are there, and I've gotten to know those people over time more, and I feel more comfortable each time that I go to this now event because I've been there three or four times. I know what it's like, and so that's a, another thing that I've been doing is like being more consistent about attending a certain type of event consistently and regularly. And I found that that has helped uh, me develop some relationships and go deeper with existing ones. And so as I mentioned around affection, um, this I think is connected to around our confidence and related to our relationships. And so through um, if the more that confident we are and the more that we assume that people like us, I think we're, we're probably more likely to become more affectionate to them in a, in a friendly way. And um, there's almost like little downside to it, um, meaning that, and the quote in the book that's really great is that telling people you appreciate them, value them, or see so much good in them builds friendship no matter how close you are. The more you show affection, the more likely you're not to just make friends, but also deepen the friendships you already have. So there's little downside to showing appreciation to people and also people like the people that they think like them. Let me say that again. People like the people they think like them. The people that make us feel good, we tend to like them. So 
why don't we do the same for other people so that they like us in turn? And then another point in the book that I think is really interesting is that I've sometimes felt like sad that I've lost friends or that friends have moved or I'm not as close to them in the past. And that can feel tough. But one part that I think was really interesting in the book is that there's a quote that says, our past friendships, the evidence suggests, prepare us for connection throughout our lives. That friendship begets friendship. So um, what's really cool about this is that you know, what we've learned or what we've talked about with other people, um, even if our relationship has, you know, is diminishing, etc., our learnings and our connection from that um, and our ideas and conversations that we've had can help us uh, prepare us for future relationships as opposed to just thinking about the loss, so to speak, in the moment. We don't see as much of the benefits of the new relationships that we can uh, develop. And so on, on this part, like, so David, what have you done from that? Or how are, how are you kind of thinking about that? And for me, um, I've tried to expose myself to events where I know the host and, or like the host and trust the host, but may not know a lot of their friends. And that's, those have been really cool opportunities to kind of expose yourself to uh, a group of people that you don't really know that well. Uh, or at all, but you know the host. And um, that's an opportunity to make, you know, a bunch of new friends. So, you know, you sometimes have to trust yourself to put yourself into these situations where you only know one or two people, and then you can make new friends. And then ideally, if you can see that same group of people in in additional ways and related ways, then, um, you know, your friendships with those people or relationships with those people will continue to grow. So those are some of the core ideas in the book. And I want to kind of talk about um, kind of the benefits of a portfolio career in the sense of how it helps you uh, develop relationships and make new friends. And this is something that I've seen through the podcast and uh, it's been really cool. And also in cohort-based courses and other kind of online communities where you can start to develop relationships and make friends. And by developing your own work and creating and building new skills, you are not, you know, reliant upon your one job or or a job to, you know, help you uh, uh, like develop your social life. And I think that that's really important and has been really, I've noticed has been, a shift for me over the past in the past and particularly, you know, a couple of years ago and before I started the podcast where I was all into work and all my relationships were through that work and I wasn't really thinking about other things. And then eventually as I started, you know, building out my portfolio career, even before the podcast, I really noticed about how great it was to start to develop relationships and friendships outside of work and my job and now I've seen that even happening even more particularly as you know we're working remotely and um, the importance I think to develop new friends and new relationships is critical um, but we also ha- now have you know now that we know this there's um, we have to take the in- agency and the initiative as the book points out and so some things that I've been doing as you may have been listening to some recent episodes, podcast episodes that are in person. Um, they are 
what I call podcast social events. And what that looks like is 12 to 15 people, you know, meet up and we record an episode and then we all kind of like talk about it afterwards. And it's been a really great way to, you know, have the podcast conversation, but then also invite friends to come and develop those relationships and talk to new people, et cetera. And so I think, you know, finding a way, a vehicle to continue to develop new relationships and spark new friendships and stuff is important. And sometimes it is just hosting events. Um, for me, I found, you know, this, this, this vehicle has been really great because of the synergies. Um, but there's plenty of other ways, um, that you can do. And if you're looking for, um, some recommendations on that or how to think about, you know, hosting either dinner events or networking events. Um, I know that's not really the best word, but um, it's a way, it's a, a, it's a category of events to think about. As you may have listened before to episode with Nick Gray, who he's the author of The Two-Hour Cocktail Party. Um, that book really helped me out earlier this year, and I continue to utilize uh, ideas from that book um, for events that I host. So, um, if you're looking for a very tactical formula, um, check out that book. Um, and, then, and then as I was mentioning kind of like where we are right now, you know, I think the book really points out a really important point that technology and social media have created a loose tie culture. We've, we have many so-called friends and yet we feel close to fewer of them than ever. While that can feel a little bit uncomfortable, it also means that we have the opportunity to connect with a broader group. Um, And these kind of looser ties or weak ties, um, there's ways to kind of stay in touch with them and to meet up with them and stuff that maybe in the past we haven't been able to. So if it's, you know, perceived to be a weakness um, or something that's a little bit more um, challenging, um, it's up to us to be able to kind of take advantage of what that leads to and, and why that the situation and so I wanted to also just point out the importance of being kind of generous. I talked about kind of taking initiative and there's a chapter in the book around kind of called offering generosity and page 233 has takeaways on to making to keep friends by being generous. And here's some of the suggestions. So I just thought I'd share them with you. Um, bake for friends, send car- friends cards, teach friends a skill, offer to connect friends with someone who might be helpful to them. Offer to help friends reach a goal, spend more time with friends, buy friends gifts when you see something they may like, cook for friends, offer to run errands for friends, Venmo friends money for coffee or meal to treat themselves, drive friends to the airport, let friends borrow clothes or books, babysit friends kids, share helpful information with friends, get friends gifts when you travel. Um, so yeah, those are just some some of the ways to you know, extend your, you know, your kind of resources to showcase to people uh, that you care about them. And, um, but I'm sure you've got some, some other great ideas. And so, and so in summary, this is, I wanted to, to talk about this because I feel like this is a really important topic for our happiness, for our mental health, um, for our work. And so by learning and knowing about the science of attachment, um, and helping and keeping friends, that uh, it can help your overall body of work, your overall portfolio career. And so I wanted to share some of the key ideas from the book. In, in, in closing, I wanted to leave with a quote at the end of the book, uh, which is, don't take friendship for granted. Don't be passive, letting friendship fizzle because you forgot to reach out. Don't dip out 
when friends need you. Don't wait for calamity to rock you into realizing friendship is priceless. Engrave friendship on your list, like your to-do list. Make being a good friend part of who you are because a deep, true, deep and true core that needs to belong lies within us all. So I know this is not exactly like some of the interview episodes, but we've done some book episodes in the past. And as I've been thinking about friendship a bunch, um, I wanted to read this book and share um, some of the ideas and what's been standing out to me. Um, but I would love to hear what you think about this topic um, and what you've been doing to developing n- new friendships and strengthening existing friendships. Uh, as you may know, I'm just one email away. So I would love to hear from you. And as always, um, this episode with Timestamp Notes is available on my website at PortfolioCurbPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, as I mentioned, um, which has the best insights from the podcast and front source job opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.